That's right. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat. That's right. It's between the profane and the profane a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together, spare bedroom studios to trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and try to learn something new about their friends. While we're at it, make some new friends. Hey, out there, new friends. Uh, you're listening to a hiatus pick. We hear at the bonus hours. Uh, and between the profound and the profane are on a bit of hiatus, a little Christmas break while we uh, get some things in order, get prepared for a big trip in January, and make some new shows. That's right, the bonus hours is coming out with some brand new shows. So stay tuned for that. Uh, perhaps a little preview after today's episode. Today's episode. Uh, just as we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, we are each picking our top episode, uh, a, a prime pick of Between the Profound and the Profane, uh, something that bone whores and trash people and true believers will love because they're great classic episodes that represent all that we are and new friends can get into because it's a great primer for what this show is. They are all each representations of Between the Profound and the Profane. Uh, today, uh, our friend, Chris Warco, pile of movie quotes in a man's suit that he is, chose his prime pick, his prime pick uh, for this year, for, for this holiday season, is Wait Gunther Time. Wait Gunther Time is an episode where we all sat down uh, with no real uh, direction uh, and based on a, a, a small comment made by Chris himself, we end up having a very creative episode. We, we talk about how to write superhero origin stories. We talk about legacy uh, within comic books and how handling uh, the cape and or the mantle uh, can and, and, and could be done uh, with a superhero or a book centered around the idea of legacy. Uh, and I, I, I think that what he enjoys about it is that it is all three of us being at our most creative. Um, unlike our more profound, profane shows, unlike our more profane shows where we kind of go off the rails and, and make uh, blue and or dark comedy jokes uh, um, while being completely absurd, this one stays pretty grounded and we, uh, we, we let our creative flags fly. Uh, so, yeah, wait Gunther time. I hope you enjoy the episode. Stay tuned. Afterwards, perhaps, for a little preview of what's to come from the bonus hours in the new year. Take care, y'all. Hey out there, new friends, and what's up, trash people? This is your shit host, Chris Myers, from Between the Profound and the Profane, uh, giving you a quick intro, heads up, maybe a warning. The, the, the episode is... Uh, pretty laid back. Uh, it was our last episode before I went up to Seattle. Um, and we were 
all pulling double shifts, not only at our real jobs, but double shifts here on the podcast. It, it ended up being a slightly different sort of episode. It's, it's more of a writer's room. We, 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 we end up landing on a strange idea and just kicking it about between each other for about an hour. Uh, consider it a, a, a bonus episode, a, a dirty, raw, unedited bonus episode between the profound and the profane. Um, hope you enjoy it. lady rides around on the night rider with the help of her companion michael Mikhail. his name is Mikhail. Mikhail. what are you doing i'm capitalizing the a <laughs> with and an apostrophe i see it oh i thought it'd be the one with the dots <laughs> No, no, no. M no, I C H apostrophe capital A E L L. Need double L. Mikael. <laughs> Mikaeli. Is that Michelle? No. <laughs> oh. We're still brining that bird. Shut up. <laughs> no more bird brining. We're probably going to be doing that for a while. <laughs> Three to six dunks for a maximum. Brine that <laughs> bird. <laughs> what is that as a, as a game show? Like, well, how do you play Brian that bird are you dunking a bird yeah I, I imagine it's probably really simple it's one of those uh, you know when you throw the ball at the guy sitting on the diving board but yeah but instead of that's just turkeys like <laughs> trash birds waiting to like dunk into a fryer living like, turkeys everybody um, either we whatever way is more entertaining for the people I would prefer like a like a just a raw turkey okay like ready to eat just, <laughs> how long has it been hanging on that hook doesn't matter doesn't matter. We're gonna eat that bird. But first, that's a twelve thousand dollar bird. We have to brine that bird. Yeah, we have to brine that bird. How the fuck do you win? It's like who wants to be a millionaire? I guess it's whoever. Do you think can... the bird is in case number one? I guess whoever brines the bird the most. How much can you brine that bird? But see, it's it's set up. Brining, brining that, that bird, bird is set for up like wheel hours. of fortune. Brine that. Bird, so it's like wheel of yeah. fortune. So I, there's like some kind of turkey wheel. Wheel of unfortunate, you know. You you, you give have it to a make world. the ultimate Thanksgiving dinner. Ooh, okay. On the fewest amount of spins. So we're oh okay. We're combining like <laughs> Iron Chef with a Wheel of Fortune style of game show. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. That's a really good. Yeah. <laughs> 
We it's also a really have good combo. Cool people from the audience, like it's, and they're all dressed like chickens yeah. or turkeys. Yeah, like that <laughs> other show. Oh, okay. Um, Is that the one with uh, America's oh, Lost that? Its Talent? <laughs> no, that's terrible. I'm not. I'm not. Wayne Brady. <laughs> yeah. The remake oh. was with Wayne Brady. I'm trying to think of what it was. It came out. It originally came out in the '70s, uh, and it was a. Uh, they, they got the the rows of people up in the stands and they dress and do the stupidest thing to be brought down, down yeah. yeah oh um that's not wheel of fork that's um the one with the big wheel no it's not, big it's not jeopardy no it's not it's not uh, uh no, price, price is, is right. right no, no that's no? not price is right either price is right doesn't do that no price is right brings people down and they're always dressed never really like people dressed goofy. up stupid. what's in the box what? <laughs> what's in the what's box? In the box? What's in the box? Don't open the box. Come on, check out what's in the box. Don't open the box, man. Don't open the box. They come running all the way down the steps, and it's just a cardboard box, and they have to guess what's in the. That's it. There's no. There's no real game to it. You're just guessing what's in the box. Let's make a deal. Oh, let's okay. make a deal. I, I kept oh. on going deal or no deal, but let's let's make a deal. Okay. Man, I've only watched that uh, that show while I've been like blackout at a bar. Like, I mean, I do that, that all the, the time. That's the strangest place to That's watch. That's the only place. TV I've never period. seen it. It's because he's day drinking. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, you're yeah. watching mm. Let's Make a Deal yeah, at it, a bar. It's like it's like 1230 in the afternoon. There's like eight old men watching, you know, uh, the no, what all what is it called Rooney. again one more time was that show let's called? make a deal let's make a deal yeah they're all watched like that's literally the show they watch and i'm like i don't understand this game they're like it would take too long you to explain the rules saying deal it's like okay or no deal it's pretty confusing i don't understand and then way brady comes out <laughs> pulls out 200 bucks he's like i want to give you all this money <laughs> i don't know like yeah he's like do you do you want a suitcase or a or a bucket <laughs> you know, I don't know. Bucket. Yeah, what's in the box? I don't know. What's in the bucket? I, I don't know, but I want it. But you can see in a bucket. It could be a boat. Well, it has a cover on it. It has a lid. It's a bucket with a lid. It's a and making Making it a box. You know, what's in the box? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Do you get varying sizes to the boxes? Like yeah, there are any, a car box. Any, yeah. And you can pick it up and a it's like a box. plant. Like ultimately deceiving. Ooh. What's behind box number one? It's a brand new house FICA. <laughs> it has 500 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> Auto dimming headlights. What the retail value we of this FICA is $499.99. You got the one guy that's like one. Yeah. And Your then it's a dollar. And then someone's like a dollar two. And then they're like, you won! It's like you were like $700 off. <laughs> That's right. It's between the profane and the profane, a comedy podcast where three lifelong friends gather together every week in my spare bedroom to trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and uh, maybe learn a little bit, new something about their friends. And while we're at it, make some new friends. Hey, out there, new friends. New friends, true believers, bone whores, and... Trash people. Joining me today... You can only photograph him uh, far away, in the woods, out of focus. His name's E.N.T. Brown. Man, put on your waders. Put your fist up the nearest hole you can find in the stream, because I'm noodling for the truth today, guys. Are you using, like, those, like, styrofoam noodles? 
No, uh, I mean, them all together. No, I know I'm new. I'm new like to a, a no, noodle raft. Well, that's a really good idea of using. Yes. No, but um, noodle raft. Noodle raft. Yeah, noodle rafts are great. Um, but like, no, I thought noodling like for catfish. Like, but in this case, the truth. Like, I'm noodling for the catfish. Of uh, is this noodling where you just like let the catfish bite, bite your, your hand? Yeah. Yes. And, you, and you pull it out of the hole, and you, that's what you do with the truth. The truth hurts, but it's worth it. <laughs> It all an analogy for the truth. Also joining me, my <laughs> other host. He Ruba. speaks in movie quotes. He's a pile of them in a man suit. Chris Warka. <laughs> yep. Are you ready to do this? <laughs> We're going to kill the bad man today. Oh no, Is Cosby. it Cosbane or is it Bane Cosby? I, I... Ooh. Bane Cosby, I think, would be. Yeah, I know. No, I like. Could be. What if it's Bill Bane? Who is? I am the Bill Bane. <laughs> Beware of the Bill Bane. Beware of the Bill Bane. Address <laughs> the there. He's lost his mind and he will drug you. <laughs> Do you think they say the same things about Dr. Nick that they say about Apu? It's me. Oh, uh, Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick is pretty stereotypical. I know I'm supposed to cut something, but what? <laughs> I mean, surgeons. Hi, Dr. Surg Nick. Hey, surgeons, everybody. Surgeons get scarily drunk. I feel like Dr. Nick <laughs> is supposed to be. It's kind of uh, terrifying. Ricky Ricardo? Um, ah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't watch The Simpsons, but I don't think Nick, uh, Dr. Hicks got a Cuban voice. No, it's it not a Cuban. Like it's a not Cuban a Cuban accent. voice. It's more like he like a, it's a really odd one. It's um not quite Russian. It's got to be the same person that does like, Barney. Also, yellow people are white people in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's some sort of kind of white dude. Like he, I don't know, I don't know exactly what he was. I kind of forget. He had a really weird accent, and I'm pretty sure he drank a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Which probably is part of the weirdness of his accent. <laughs> Not quite sure where from. <laughs> so, in all this time that we've been talking about nothing, I've been doodling in my notebook. Oh yeah. Uh. And a Chinese Green Lantern would be fucking awesome. And I mean, is that, that the kind where you put the candle in and like, it floats up? Into yes, the... but I'm talking about like a superhero who's <laughs> Green Lantern. Like he's from Asian descent, and so his fucking you recharge like... battery lantern is like a Chinese paper lantern. You just like the aesthetic of it. Yes, oh, that would okay. be so cool. I thought like, it would just be all old timey and like cultural and he'd just be like, like so he'd be cool kind of that would be cool like, like kind seeing, of origami style <laughs> seeing things like uh the green lantern ring being in like chinese history like in those those tales of i would that would be cool if they did like the star heart which is pre hal jordan there was uh was alan scott mm -hmm. and he didn't He's not officially like a member of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, his shit was forged from a meteor called the Starheart. Mm -hmm. So that would be cool if, like, you know, instead of kryptonite or something, like they got a piece and forged the Starheart and kind of passed it down. 
Is that like, like through is the, that like a dra- a dragon heart? Uh, I mean, think of like a piece of meteorite. Oh, okay. That you just it's dubbed the star heart. Oh, okay. And uh, it has magical properties. It was forged into a ring. So one ring to whirl them all. Yeah, I was gonna say how many rings to bind them. But you're thinking like a <laughs> like a journey to the west aesthetic style. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that w- that would be really, really cool. I'm literally, that's what I was over here doing. I was just, it, it looks almost like an old school uh, I see. <laughs> SOS, like train lantern. Mm-hmm. Like with a ch- 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 uh, bullseye <laughs> lantern. And I do, I kind of like put the little Chinese square tops around it and on the bottom and it looked cool. And I was like, dude, that would be awesome. To, like whenever he charges the ring or something, like a cool, like, like Chinese dragon comes out and like a green construct and. I don't know. That would be nifty. I mean, I'll, it would be cool to see that for all kinds of different things. I'd love to see like a, a samurai aged, like samurai era lantern. Yeah, that would be cool. I wonder what he would do. Ronin lantern. Like, would you go? What would your constructs be? Would it just be like slash constructs? Like, think of like a when you play i don't know any kind of shinobi game or something mm-hmm. when you slash your sword oh okay. like a red yeah kind of like a yeah. blade slash yeah. will fly like an energy blade that you're kind of cutting yeah, I would gotcha. he would he build like a army like a green army of samurai and the army would fight for him would uh-huh. he actually do fighting hmm. would he be you know would he be the general on the horse and he's just like He'd make himself fucking, a shogun. Yeah, like a, a fucking construct is is doing everything in front of him. Yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. Which way would you go? Would you... If you had I mean, the green ring, would you... And I guess I we're would, going feudal Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a, you're a military person. Would you fight with the ring well, as in hand-to-hand? Would you do it from afar and keep yourself what safe? What I would do is I would have a blade, perhaps um, made of the ring. Like well, it's well, just I was thinking like, like I, I think I would, I would go um, with with like a, a blue one if it's like kind of like if it's if it, if that can help with water, <laughs> and just so that way I could make it like a micron thin <laughs> blade that I could use to just like pull fish from the sea, and then also slice them perfectly and make such good sushi that it would bring peace to everyone in the land <laughs> nothing brings peace like a good meal so it's a saltwater blade you're saying yes Got yes you. a saltwater blade yeah i guess that'd be blue and white i'd suppose that'd be a blue and a white ring oh, together So like the end where the god i wish i knew what all these cool parts of the sword were but gaijin makes the best sushi Wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You go into guy jeans? Oh, yeah, it's the best sushi. Oh, <laughs> You're oh, like, man. domo origato. Come Yo. get your sushi. Gaijin reds. That's what that's what you would call your your sushi cart. I see. All right. But red has to be something cool in Japanese. I think it's roho. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's roho de cabeza. Gaijin the red Rolos. trash can. <laughs> of course, they'd spell it wrong. It'd be the gaijin rolos. <laughs> or they would just pronounce it Rojo. Rojo. Welcome to Kaiji Rojo. 
That's, it. That sounds official. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go to Japan, guys. Right, I so think we, we got first marketing tool. Down. And now I feel like Rojo probably is like red. <laughs> no, no, it probably isn't red, but it, it sounds it sounds like <laughs> syllables from means ja- poison. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Gaijin poisons means dragon's blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what it means, man. No, it's fine. It's fine. I've already made the sign. I paid the money. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> I got this tattoo while I was in Japan. It says Dragon's Blood. No, Gaijin <laughs> is basically Gringo. Ah. So. Oh, okay. I thought it was some sort of sushi. No. I've been called no. that before. No, I thought no. that was like. I thought they were like complimenting me on my taste in no, sushi. No, we, we live in. We like, live yeah. here in Texas and we get. You know, if you, if you run into like a Mexican national, Gringo. Yeah. You know, you're a. <laughs> you're an American dude. Yeah. yeah. That's what kind of insulting. For American, I mean not. I mean not really. It's not the same always. way. It's like saying <laughs> tourist. No. I think uh, person from Dallas. <laughs> You're Guaylo. <laughs> Look here, Guaylo. 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 I, I think haven't... that's Chinese. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's Chinese white person. Guaylo. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I only know that from watching Balls of Fury. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you know, Jimmy Crabpuff. He's in that movie. <laughs> Crab Puff's in that movie, and he's like, "Whoa, I, I know teach." He was in that episode of Seinfeld at the Chinese restaurant. Of course, oh, yeah. he is literally <laughs> token Chinese guy, and he probably doesn't give a fuck because I bet he's rich as shit. Because uh, I mean, he's a character actor, and that, that I bet he's not rich at all. <laughs> well, the uh, he's, yeah, he's probably know. doing pretty good. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of stuff. <laughs> that doesn't mean he gets paid. Yeah, you box. get paid. Yeah, you get paid just for like if you're in front of a camera on, in Hollywood at all, you get you get a check, dude. What are you doing? Twenty bucks. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> yeah. like yeah, exactly. You're about to say your ideas of what? That's like, dude. Yeah, you can buy a lot of trash cans and you can buy a lot of trash cans. But a lot of money. tiny houses. <laughs> I'm I mean, the six friends were were making twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars an episode in the first season. Yeah, and they finished off making well a million. Over, but like, that's these six friends. I don't think that Gunther, the fucking guy who was in love with Rachel behind the Central Perk counter, was making that much. Where the fuck is Gunther? Um, what did they do to Gunther? Dude, he's got so much money, he's just chilling on an <laughs> island Gunther somewhere. Gunther is DJ. Yeah. yeah, exactly. DJ Gunther Funk. <laughs> Wait, Gunther time. <laughs> is he scanned? He is now. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> He's yeah. Sometimes I just need DJ to know Gunther what you're like, aiming at. <laughs> aiming at the coast. Aiming at the horizon. So outside of a, um, a sea salt blade. A sea salt blade? What? Yeah. How would you handle it? I mean, you're putting me in feudal Japan. Yeah, with your attitude, would you... Rather be someone who all I think all I think is, uh, and I know that's not how samurais work, but all I ever think, you know, I think of the most the, the classic American idea of a samurai, the lone ronin, your samurai jacks. So, uh, I mean, when I think about it in that way, it would probably be a lot of small contra- constructs. Maybe you could make little spider creatures a here, singular okay. clone of yourself. So you don't have to fight alone. Like you can fight. Uh, you can have a clone of yourself. That might be really useful. Back to back, <laughs> back to back. Like it's a true mirror image, and he just kind of well, I don't know. <laughs> Mirrors what you do or thinks. That'd be a cool. But 
I've always thought multiplicity would be a cool power. Just to... Unlimited? Like unrestricted multiplicity? I don't know if I... Like want... multiple man? I don't, I don't know if I want the power of unlimited, but yes, basically. Do you think... More like Michael you, Keaton. Do you think multiple prime... <laughs> Come on up, Steve. We're spitting on bugs. <laughs> what are you doing? I like the pizza. I like it. She touched my peppy, Steve. And I liked it. <laughs> now, um, I think we, um, I think, I think we kind of bent. I think maybe, maybe we just bent, bent rule number one. What do you mean you bent? What? What do you mean? What do you mean you bent? Rule number one. That was the number one rule. What do you mean you bent? Rule number one. Did someone bent it? Hell, there. Damn, they broke the thing off. <laughs> she touched my peppy, Steve, and I liked it. Multiplicity, folks. Sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't expect you to be able to do like a, a, a scene from Multiplicity of all, of all <laughs> movies that you have back there. I didn't realize that Multiplicity was on. <laughs> The Rolodex. Oh, that's a good tape one. I love one. Like, tap. Tape 137. <laughs> <laughs> For quotes. Uh, Lydia. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know if I would be able to resist being Michael Keaton if I had multiple man powers. But I think it would be a cool power. I think it is a cool power. And there are cool things that you could do with it. You think you'd lose yourself in the power? And I mean lose, like, your identity? You would not be able to know who the real one was, or do you think Prime always knows? I don't know if Prime always that that that's that's a question of like consciousness philosophy. Uh, like if you if you make a direct clone of you that has all of your cells like perfectly replicated, yeah, is like and you eventually make like three hundred of them. What which one are you? Like, do you know which one you are Ooh. at a certain point, or do you get just lost i mean i think you would know i'm pretty sure unless you had a teleporter malfunction like unless you had that kind of clone or do you have to hugh jackman multiplicity was what marks on the ear i maybe because i haven't seen i think multiplicity was marks behind the ear well i get it confused with six day six day was dots on the inside of your eyelid Mm -hmm. yeah so he's like no i am the goddamn (laughs) person i am on a schwarzenegger (laughs) and he like kills the scientist and the scientist's I guess Buddy's like, no, really, look, you're a clone. And he gives him a mirror, and he's like, pull down your eyelid. And there's, like, a dot right there, and then mm-hmm. he goes home and sees, like, his real him, like, interacting with his family, and he's like, ah! <laughs> very, very Schwarzenegger. Crazy movie. Yeah. But that would make me think, I mean, that's, like, an identical, like, fucking exact replicant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be, I'd be crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I think I'd kill myself. Not like me. Like, I would You'd kill, kill the, the other one? I'd yeah. I'd be like, no, nah, just oh, too man. fucking weird. <laughs> oh, shit. What if your, your clone's going to have the same idea? Like, your like, course, first there's thing. There's probably something pretty euphoric about killing yourself. <laughs> like, not yourself. I just but... can't imagine. <laughs> I can't. <Yeah>. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I challenged myself <laughs> to a duel and I, I won. won. <laughs> yes! But which one of me died? A part of me died that day. I will never know. <laughs> like your soul or you like broke your arm? No, I don't know. 
I fought myself and I won. <laughs> it was quite, oh. quite. Now, do you think a Chinese ring or a Japanese feudal ring would be something that would last generations? Would that be a one hero and done? Could you pass that down? Could you create a legacy out of something like that? I mean, if it's made out of, out of paper, I, I, mean, I don't it, know. You get... They construct the battery Stones. and the ring. So you have a power source and well, I mean, an object. The Green Lantern is, is already technically a, a legacy-style power. Uh, I mean, in, true, it floats off. And... As far as the core go. Uh, but in keeping something like that, I mean, it would be... If you're writing a samurai story... Like, can you... If you're writing a samurai story just in plain, you have a samurai die at the end somebody takes up his sword can, uh, can that translate i guess as a, yeah beyond feudal be, japan what do you mean like could you have if the legacy of the we'll call it the green samurai mm-hmm. anybody the can be an the green samurai anytime does it last into a modern setting like can yeah. you have you me somebody some japanese dude named yodo makamoto fucking be the green samurai or is that yeah like, Yo- yoko is pretty cool what the hell do i need a sword as long as it's for? not that would, yoko would he well at that point would the... you train would you would it be i guess still based off of the You're... green lantern mythos of what you think is what you construct i, I mean at that point you are you're replacing the the sword <laughs> with the lantern with the ring right so like whereas in a family if you're writing like i was saying if you're writing a samurai story uh, about a family of people that stretch so far back into Japanese history that they have a sword that you know has been passed down. Rather than making it a magic sword, it's a magic ring, or right. it is a magic sword. You know that that so it's the same principle. You're just using a ring that grants you superpowers well, rather than a magic sword. Now, maybe the fucking sword is a, a the power battery. Maybe it is like the the, the sword is what power. I like the, the idea ring. of the the sword. It's a power sword. Instead of a power ring, like it, maybe the sword is made out of what they thought was jade, and the mm-hmm. jade is really the star heart. And so holding the sword is your ring that gives you the constructs, and I mean that's how you initiate the power. You can put on your your suit or whatever. If you're gonna make on the your sword, hand. but once you you know if you drop the sword, the sword can still you can still I guess to a degree bring it back to you, but maybe your your power diminished. If you're gonna make the sword the ring then like the actual like it's like a piece of meteorite that has the green glowing power you can make constructs from it or whatever the fuck you're going with then aesthetically i want to see the power battery attached to the hip and running between it like it it's you have to like it's an actual battery yeah uh the way that the original concept art for star wars the lightsabers little ralph mcqueen because i I really love there's mcqueen Quirin, not Quirin. Quirin. It's not Lightning McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> Quirin. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that would be, that's a cool aesthetic. Or I, I would think. take maybe the hilt. The hilt is the battery. So once you, or the scabbard or whatever you want to call it, once you draw it from the scabbard, you know, it's maybe mm-hmm. it's always in charge mode, kind of like a phone docked. <laughs> or the, the armor. Maybe the armor that you wield is your battery. Yeah, no. that could be. The, the armor should come from from the so I, I like I like from the construction armor. Better, but. but I mean, it would be I I've been tinkering around with the idea of 
creating a legacy character. Like that's something that I've really thought about. It would be cool to have a character or a comic series that never it never ends. Like yeah. it, it, it never gets retconned or redone or you're never gonna start from an issue one. Like you will have a definitive issue one with this character well, who is a green samurai. But it's, you know, Ian the Green Samurai. And we follow Ian the Green Samurai for 20 years. And maybe he That'll retires. Be a hell of a story. And he, pans, he hands the, the mantle down to Chris the Green Samurai. But what happens when that no good alien who's only allergic to kryptonite comes down? Jade Saber? <laughs> Jade Emerald? I'm trying to think of something better than Green, yeah, green Samurai. Green Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I am the green samurai. Dude, that goes God. one of two ways. Either either he's an eco terrorist. I could be the green. I could be the green. I could be the green. Or he's inky. like, I'm the green samurai. I'm the green inky. In Japanese, I'd be like a green or inky. The jade specter. The specter. The phantom. We're the green. I still workshop the name a little bit, but yeah. Uh. Shiro Kabucha. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you, you want to see to or just think about like yeah, the idea think. of starting a story with a power, like somebody with powers. Like the story is focused on the power. It's the power. It's about the power. So when you're doing that, and do the you characters want to, are secondary, I guess. Like, and, and and I guess then the idea is you need something that gives the power rather than having something that. Like, you're living in a super-powered universe with a bunch of crazy superpowers flying around. There's a thing that holds the power. Right. That way, mm. the power is passed down rather than the Batman mantle right, is passed right. down. And I guess I'd want to keep it as the sword. Like, I don't want... I mean, I if you wanted to further project the story and really change it into modern times i guess you could make it to where someone breaks like reforms the sword into something else into an iphone 7 what if every person gets to remold if you're moving it into modern times the, the reason because like, you wouldn't would want need, a fucking sword in modern you know what i mean the reason we would need heroes Open in carry the past <laughs> would be for the stories that we know um so like the hero who had the sword first needed the sword because he was a great war hero. Um, like it would melt down into a gun. Per, so no, would... eventually, the like in order to you're living in modern times. There's no great war for you to strap up and go out and fight single handedly. Like as a story, that doesn't hold up. You, you could, like you could, a, you could, especially like, if you're doing superpowers. You could try you to need dunk superpowers the superpowers to fight. So the the meteorite sword was broken apart, and that's how other powers have appeared in the world. So there would be like two eras to this power. Uh, there was the one where the sword was complete, and there was one guy who had all of the power. The sword gets passed down, eventually the sword gets broken, it gets broken, and it gets broken, and eventually there's other pieces of this rock out there, talismans out there. So would your over your overarching long we'll call it hundred year plan for broken sword would be the legacy of them trying to bring the sword back together? 
I mean, maybe it takes a hundred years. It, it, it could be it could be the legacy of the family that still has the last piece, right? Uh, and the rest are lost to time. So there's a they still have the power of. And maybe that's where your ring comes from, or you know something. Talisman. Imagine, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like talisman. Yeah. Imagine if you're just like, like I didn't realize it would be fitting at all today, but imagine you're just walking through a river, you got your waders on. You just stick your hand up a hole looking for a catfish, and it's like, whoa, what's this? You pull out and the you talisman. Pull out, yeah, you pull out the talisman. It's like, now that's a hell of a catch. You and know? then you realize that you've killed one of the spirits of the water. Oh, and yeah. the sky turns red. I'm sorry. Forever shame. <laughs> but in order for that to, like, yeah, you're passing a talisman down at that point. And that would be where the, sto- the story takes place in modern times after there's, you know, thousands of years of history to this thing. But the superhero history to this thing has only been going on since the 40s or so. So would you... When you say breaking up into two parts, would you have a definitive, like, like the last wielder of the sword in a awesome 100-page graphic novel that wields the demise and, and his end and the breaking of it, and then you start a weekly issue of modern talisman hunting as a, plus being a superhero as a writer i say no you don't need to write things like that to fill in those blanks like those blanks th- those expository blanks uh are things that you should know that don't have to be said uh, well i would either to them want to do it that way or i would want to have a pre-existing series so okay we have a series that's going to go on and we decide that we're going to talk about there will be 10 characters in this series that will be all different points of feudal Japan where this sword was whole and it was passed from person to person and these are those characters and then you have a definitive end to that series a legacy series we'll call it and then you start the new the legacy mantle passing of the talismans and that one is the it just goes and goes and goes until it either gets cancelled or everybody dies and the talismans destroyed I see. But that I, you know, that way you could it's not central focused on one character or the same characters all the time. Yeah, you can yeah. always write in new stories, new mechanics. It doesn't have to be a man or doesn't have to be a woman. It can, you know, freely go I'm saying the that genders. as a like as a writer, the histories of the power of how it became the talisman are things you should reveal throughout the story, not prequelize, you know. Just uh, because that's that's how you write. So you would not <laughs> want to see a story where the sword is whole. You would just Perhaps, want to... I, I wouldn't... I'm not saying definitely no. I'm saying that if you're writing a superhero comic from that perspective, that's something that you... that that's a, Those are plot points. Those, those aren't something that you want to blow your load on at first. If you do it in that way, I could see you doing it in a uh, the way that Alan Moore did the... The, the pirate bits in the Watchmen comic. There's these uh, sections in between each book where there's a young boy sitting in a newsstand reading a comic book about a ship that sank. It's a pirate comic. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of comics that they have in Watchmen to where it's it's uh, allegorical to the Watchmen story, like what's going on with the pirate having to tie his dead friends and, and, and crewmen underneath his raft to keep it floating uh and like watching the sharks eat at, eat 
the bodies and, and like their entrails floating behind him. I have to say I'm pretty jealous of all these sharks. <laughs> all of that is um is like allegorical in certain ways thematically to what's going on in Watchmen. So doing it like that, like where it's in between pieces, uh, the uh, your main character is either getting uh, like dreams or transmissions or like getting the story told to him through some way that you could put in between. So it'd be a that if one or two out, page splash and per if you, comic. If you pulled yeah, and if you pulled that out, you could make, probably make you know a good right forty eight page. You get your special. De- definitive. Okay. That's pretty dark for comics, though. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like, I wonder what their version of the Nutty Professor looks like. Like the Watchmen version of Nutty Professor. But that's right more because, uh, like, the way that you write, you want, really to, you want to loop you know? it into the main story itself. So, I mean, taking what we know now, would you not have appreciated if Lucas had been able to see his whole picture starting with 1, 2, and 3? Would it not have the same weight? Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, if you know, arguably done better and yeah, 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 blah, yeah, blah 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 blah. But withstand not notwithstanding the quote unquote good or badness of the prequels, if those prequels had come out first, I mean, you if we would started with, I guess we wouldn't. The reveal wouldn't have been there. The Definitely weight not. of the "I am your father." Mm-hmm. Everybody would have known. A lot of you lose a lot of uh, dramatic weight and tension when you write stories certain ways. Unless you, the only way I could see that happening is if you, you make the audience believe that Anakin is dead, mm-hmm. and then you reveal a new apprentice to Palpatine in the form of Vader without ever connecting the two. Well, yeah, that definitely should have. And then that should have been how that was written, even as a prequel. But and then in four, or in five, you get the "I am your father," and you're like, "Oh shit, that's fucking Anakin the whole time." Mm-hmm. So I mean that that would have been I could have taken something like that if I mean little just you know subtle differences could have still delivered the same weight, but something like this where like it's a powered relic type of thing part of you know part of the fun uh, of a story like that is figuring out where it came from figuring out how it got here. Now you could have a guy who already knows all of that he doesn't have to be your audience surrogate for it. Uh, the, but part of the story is the story of the power, so you want to reveal that throughout the story. Did anybody lock the top lock? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh, she's not here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the cat, man. I'm just like, fuck. Oh. We're gonna have to pause it and do all this shit. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what what are we gonna call the sword in its whole? Like, what what is a oh, sushi a, uh, slice? You, wanna, you don't wanna call it the power sword. Sounds like we're doing a Power Rangers thing. Oh, is this the sea salt sword? Himalayan sea salt sword. I don't know if that works. Is a scimitar an actual sword? Geographically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah, but that I feel like that doesn't fit. What did you say? A scimitar? Oh, all right. Is that a sword or like a staff? I thought you said scimitar. I was like, what? You're just moving further west. Yeah, no, I mean... Right, but I mean the you don't want like a power katana. That sounds dumb. Yeah. I mean, you could so do a broadsword and just like crush your. You need a good like, giant hammer, essentially. Yeah, like I said, moving <laughs> further. Would it just be a what's that fine with a sword of power? I mean, I it would be a hammer would be cool. Like that's where it would be cool if 
instead of them looking for the fragments, like maybe it was a moldable, like maybe it started off as a hammer, mm-hmm. and then it someone broke it apart and it became the sword, and then someone yeah. broke it apart again, and eventually we'll get to now it's just talismans. And, you know, maybe every time it was modified, a little bit more people gained powers. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna do that, then it needs to completely move around. Like this is a thing that was in Africa, that was in Eden, uh, so at now, the dawn of man, yeah. and has moved from there. And so it shows up in these major points in history. These, the, the you know, it shows up in feudal Japan. It shows up in in ancient China. It as shows up blank or blank or you know as a you know a Norse hammer or a a Japanese katana or you know whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe a fucking and Irish so like, and that I, I'm guessing there would have to be somebody there that's like on a mission to just try to collect all of them would you create a and society a power bet though that you know, facilitates that the move of this like is there something where you know is it like a caveman picks it up and then he, is it, is it, and then he, he vandal savages himself, basically. Is it a monolith? <laughs> so it goes caveman, and then he decides what to do with it. And he, we create a society where it is moved, and you are looking for the next wielder of this weapon, and they decide kind of who it is, any culture. Um, seeing it in my head, if we start like. If I if I'm doing a montage, so you got like the uh, you got you got you got you got you got the bush people the first the first men to walk out and they're creating a grand society deep in the heart of what we now know as Africa, and then they are wiped out by a people that come from the sea. The people that come from the sea find this weapon and they take it with them because one of them knows it holds great power. The weapon itself has a mind of its own. The weapon itself is moving, looking for great warriors. I was gonna. It'd be cool if it stayed a hammer, and all that when it, the culture just changed the hilt. Like, what if it was like a gemstone that could be attached to a ring? You know, would, like would this like essentially mean that like in like the forties it would have found its way to like questionable accent Einstein? Give me the goddamn green rock. <laughs> but no, I mean, I you think I think Eden and a big popular story in Eden is Samson and Delilah. Uh, he killed a fucking shitload of Philistines with a donkey jawbone. It would be cool if he, you know, a caveman affixed that rock or whatever meteor, the power source, to the jawbone as a hammer or a, you know, whatever those. I don't know what those, there are words for that, the sword, a, blund, a blundering device. And then oh, it bad. passes to the Norse mythology, and they take it and forge a more Mjolnir-like mm. hammer. And then it goes somewhere else, and then by the time it reaches a Japanese culture, then it can get broken apart. Or maybe it goes to the Huns, and the Japanese steal it from the Huns. So it's still a hammer. You know, it's a Hun hammer. <laughs> And then they take it, and then they decide. Maybe that's how you get a 
a feudal dynasty. Maybe it's a dynasty now that has powers because they take it and break it apart into swords. Are we going to have to rewatch Mulan? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, that's a cool idea. No, this is this is why you don't. This is why you like get a. This is the reason why you get like a brief and and sort of total summation of a history of something like this, and not sit there and try to write it because you get you do you get hung up on a history. But if we say, I guess, simplifying it all the way back down and going just back to our Japanese sword. It winds up in the Amer. One of them, like that's it. When do you break it? Because I'm seeing there one has of to these be a, like, a... talismans finally, and this is because we're three white guys who know little to nothing outside of J- Japan by way of uh, you know pop culture. At some point, I know you do have to get to fun. writing it from the American perspective because that's where we're going to take it anyway. So how does this? Uh, traditional Japanese weapon get to the Americas. Uh, I would put it here in World War Two, post World War Two. After taking on Japan, one of them gets handed to the Chinese. One goes to the Russian. What if that was their answer? One to goes our... to America. What if it was? Uh, what if it was really what happened in Pearl Harbor? The invasion was a cover. Mm-hmm. And they sent the bomb, the sword, in as their. The we've got to kill. We've got to take out America. Okay. And so they, they just... used it as like a last, final weapon. And it breaks. Hmm. That could work. Does it break right there? It shatters in the harbor. Shatters in the harbor. So it gets spread. And when it shatters, it gets yeah. spread. Uh, the way that like a meteor would, it, it goes into the sky. Huh. And then some guy finds some guy finds it there, and then and then you get throughout. your pieces throughout the world. Yeah, that works. So let's say when we'll kick this off at feudal Japan. For the sword. And we'll end up. So you're making a map. Well, I'm just ha- I'm I'm, I'm literally answering our who, what, when, where, why, how. Yeah, our our chrono map. I mean, it sounds like a way better. Uh, this sounds like a way better. Like it could be a way better show than the gifted. That's been terrible. I don't know if you've been watching that at all. Really, has it been? I've been. I mean, at least I don't. I don't. Have you watched more than one episode? I've watched a few. I've watched like. In order. Unfortunately, yeah. Like I've watched like four, and honestly, not a fan of it. <laughs> it's just it's like um, the X Men meets uh, teenage soap uh, soap opera drama. It's I don't know. I don't think it's a very good version of the X Men. I believe that's well. It's not supposed, supposed to be the X Men. It's supposed to be well. Everything uh, they have the X Men logo. And well, like it's but it's. Ever. I think it's a myth. Like the X Men are just a legacy at that point. There, there's there hasn't been the X Men for quite some time. I don't know. They still have the Sentinels, and it, it's maybe it takes place. I want to say like time wise, like I want to say like right now, like so. It seems like the X Men. I mean, they're still. 
of thing in the overall like televised and movie wise stories like the X-Men are absolutely like still a thing so I don't know hmm. I was just talking about how, how bad I think the gifted is <laughs> oh yeah I don't know man I mean you, you can give a chance and like maybe there's something that I'm missing like if, if you see it like let me know like <laughs> if there's something I'm missing that I just didn't notice that makes it better I have no interest in watching it, I honestly, anymore, I, I have so much to get caught up on it yeah again I've just like I watched one episode of Inhumans and things like that so there's so much more that yeah. I've got and there's even the runaways on Hulu that I want to check out so uh, what if that's the last outing of the Jade Spectre. What if that is an exclusive Japanese hero? And he dies in the trying to destroy America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get your boom talismans. Yeah. That way it's not just a fucking sword that gets launched out of an airplane. <laughs> no, he, he actually comes in in a fly. That, that's where you would get a scene like from a, a Green Lantern comic yeah. where like this thing, this man flies by with all these weird constructs and blows up Pearl Harbor and is shot down by Cuba Gooding Jr. and his <laughs> anti-aircraft gun <laughs> while Ben Affleck's over having sex with Steve Tyler's daughter and he's singing about it. Don't want to close my eyes Don't want to fall Sleep, cause I miss you, baby, and I don't want to miss a thing. Even when I drive, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I totally am sandwiched that song. I know we're all in full singing at that point, especially since that was Armageddon and we're talking about Pearl Harbor. Liv Tyler <laughs> no. was not in Pearl Harbor. Nope, same movie as far as I'm concerned. That was Kate same. Beckinsale. Oh, so she was killing werewolves and saving people on her day off. <laughs> I don't know why I combined those two movies. Now that I think about it. Because Affleck was indeed in that movie. <laughs> I know that. but yeah. And Liv Tyler wears a lot of red lipstick. Kate Beckinsale was also plastered with a lot of red lipstick. <laughs> similarities aren't they both michael bay movies yes 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 they are michael bay did armageddon yes well yeah yeah that would make sense that was the that armageddon other than like bad boys you know it was bad boys uh armageddon pearl harbor pretty damn sure it was either him or the other one the other one. No, no, it, it's Bay. I know I have to know. <laughs> God damn it, don't give me the actors. Give me the director. Michael Bay. Yep. So yeah, the Green Lantern. Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer. This is before Michael Bay became a producer. He was still directing. Oh, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer was like, I still own all. <laughs> Attach my name to it. Millions. Millions. But yeah, you could get an old school. That that would be the one thing, like your 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 one first. Uh, this is in the past, happening in the past. Scene would be the Pearl Harbor scene, and you do it in like nineteen forty style, nineteen thirty style comic panels. The the, the kind of dots, the the, right, very, right. the the lines make it look like a nineteen forties comic book 
uh, and do the Pearl Harbor scene with the the green, the, the jade blade or whatever the fuck you call them, uh, sw- swinging down, blowing up Pearl Harbor, do a scene of it being covered up on the news in that old style, and then you flash forward to present day, this thing exists. Well, you got it. You got to show him dead. Yeah. And you've got to show the sword broken. Yes. So you either see it take off or there is a cleanup crew or something that comes to clean up the harbor. And, you know, that can be like your Wayland Corporation or your Luther Corp Mm -hmm. or something. And they grab the fragments and they take off and it becomes, you know, corporate entity. It could be torch. Then you have the one person, you know, who's the hero. So you have like a team of government heroes and then you have like the the Superman or something, you know, somebody else finds the last shard and he becomes the new bleh. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Who sweeps Oh, he would become the first. <laughs> I guess the first hero, yes. The first in a new line of different heroes. The first, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first of the mantle that we would be talking about. So is that, is that, you think that's more like a dual? Is that setting up a dual legacy? Or are you closing a legacy and opening a new one? You'd be closing a legacy and opening a new one. But you're also opening... You, you At that point, you can do a legacy about anybody. Like, you can take that, that idea that there are, you know, ten fragments of this thing, and they've gone all around to different places. And yeah, one guy... Uh, one random Joe in America found it and became, you know, X, first hero, the first Superman, whatever. But also, you know, Stalin's guys found it and they they did some experiments on it and they have a bunch of smaller ones that they've given to soldiers. So there's They a turned bunch it of, into a gas form. There's a bunch of lesser powered guys running around out in Russia somewhere way back in the 40s. And you can we pass it around. So that then, by the time you come in with a new sto- with a story like the actual story that's taking place in present day or the not too distant future, whatever, you have a bunch of fucking crazy shit going on that you can so does play it, with. Do you do you think it still yearns to be together, like to be whole? Ooh yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that's what makes it fun. That that that's what brings these encounters together, and then you can give it kind of like a Highlander effect. So when that the person or group or whatever has the other shard dies it readheres to the the fragment that you have hmm. making Works. you x amount more powerful yeah well this is totally not what i was thinking <laughs> as far as legacy character but this sounds really fucking cool <laughs> like i'm all about this right now <laughs> somewhere completely different yeah no you know me i'm a I'm a Superman fly around in tights kind of guy, but this was goddamn Chinese lanterns, a doodle. <laughs> All kinds of cool stuff. Huh. <laughs> it would make you, uh... <clears throat> we have a cat attack in the studio. Would, would you do... <laughs> would you do... Like... I would rather see it around the world not just in the United States. Oh, definitely. I would definitely like to see it other places. That way you get an aesthetic 
change mm-hmm. and like a different feeling because obviously a comic in america is going to be nothing like a comic in india yeah or you know anywhere else you know show me would you have multiple titles going on at the same time like do you have a justice league okay we'll say a justice league title and then do you have a batman or a, an america a soviet union uh, africa do you have those titles and the every you know shit's going on in your own titles and then you have you know an overextending title that kind of connects things uh, or do you think that's too much I don't know. I think I think that's too much, but I also uh, am notorious for underselling myself. But uh, it just depends on what you're like. What is the, at that point? It's the question is what's the story that you want to tell, and what's the story you think you can tell. You know, if I'm saying like I'm if I'm image, if I'm like comic distributor x and some people come to me with this idea that we're spitting around here then you know you're gonna end up putting you know you get your writer's team on it and i mean yeah no i mean are you pitching this to me as oh no we have this guy you know we can do the story about the guy who is still in japan who's trying to reclaim the glory from the 40s still like he he was raised by a fascist japanese general and he he still wants to bring the glory of the sun back to japan uh are you or are you going to do like oh yeah no fucking the, you want to do a bunch of different stories about these smaller places is there like a superhero in india running around uh the tops of uh Indian city that I don't know the name of, and that's why we wouldn't want to. That's why we're not gonna have the guy who does the voice of a poo. Yeah, that and that's that, that's why the pitch for us as you know the creatives behind we're it should stay in America because we don't have somebody from India or somebody who would know those places to be able to help us write that properly and in the way that I would want to write it. But so, so then you'd have to start very small. You'd have to scale it all the way back, and it would be focused on the the start comic mm-hmm. of the new legacy character would be focused on an American hero who found or an American who found the talisman yeah and encounters or other people the around the world to him from right yeah. or, or encounters other people who have the talisman around the world so he might have to fight other superheroes villains and then well as the way we were setting it up kind of the first time it sounded like it is a definitive end once all the pieces are back together. Yeah, probably. So you'd have to... Again, it would be like... That's why I think you you could separate it out, like have this legacy of a feudal... We'll call him the Jade Spectre. Mm-hmm. Then you'd get this other comic that could be called, you know, Chronicles of the Jade Spectre or something talismans of the specter mm-hmm. which is a short or you know fucking 10 year journey of the pieces coming back together and then you have the new adventures of the jade specter because the sword is whole again i mean i guess so but i'm trying to write one story here 
I mean, the way that I would see it is that you start it... If you're trying to write a superhero comic, you start that superhero comic with your crash landing of the Jade Spectre in Pearl Harbor. That way you give the tease that there's this bigger thing in the background or in the past or X. There's a bigger thing going on. And you start the comic proper with either a guy, you know, late 20s, early 30s, early 20s, college kid, whatever the fuck, current time, who has had this thing passed down in his family and perhaps was never explained that granddad, after he came back from the war, was um, a superhero. Like, granddad never talked about going out on, on runs at night. But we are at a point uh, in 2017 where perhaps, you know, it's found at Pearl Harbor. So, yeah, some soldier got it, got a piece of it. But the CIA also got a piece of it. And a few corporations got it from there. So there are other people out there for him to So it's a regular superhero story to start with. Like, it's a regular this guy's powers are activated in this talisman and there's also other people with weird powers that don't have talismans but there's something going on shaolin soccer so as he beats smaller ranked supervillains, he gets a little bit more powerful to then you know that's then those are your breadcrumbs to the idea that that he can get more powerful by absorbing pieces of the ring uh from other people who have pieces of it and you can build that up into a big supervillain for him, like his big arch nemesis. As so, taking on that concept, as he's reabsorbing or reassimilating the smaller pieces, will it morph into a gauntlet? Because it can't stay a ring forever. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, well, no, I mean it yeah. started. It started out as a sword. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what we're working out here. I mean, it started out as a sword, broken apart. It's made it out of a ring. Then you're gathering fragments. Is this do you just you just collect all the fragments and then one I mean, day you're gonna put them back together? To start, perhaps you don't need it doesn't need to be fragments. Like they've broke some you know, the CIA has been doing experiments on this thing for the last fifty years. So at a certain point it's been broken down that it's not even fragments of this yeah, thing. It's just like something. the essence of it that these guys have inside of them. And he doesn't even realize your main character doesn't realize that this is a rock that came from space. He doesn't even have the idea that it could, you know, it, it's just, it's he's gaining more powerful. It's not gaining more mass. Yeah, he I thinks guess would he's be the learning way how to, to control it yeah. better. Okay. Yeah. But really, he's gaining the power. Until you get either a reveal later on where there are other heroes like him out in the world, or, you know, there's other crazier villains. Like, they, they're, because he's using his power, the other talismans begin waking up. Something along those lines. And to, like, play that out into infinity, I mean, you could go... And then at that point, once you've gotten that settled, once you've gotten the idea that there is this guy with this thing here in America, then it's like, yeah, no, let's bring in a writer. Hey, can you write a Bollywood version of this guy? Like, I want to see the Arabian Nights version of this guy uh, hanging out in today's age. And then you could do crossovers and team ups and sort of show this power growing or yes. whatever. Then you're but playing see, then with the power. You, you go classic and you do your, you get all your your different comics going of all the different pieces around the world, and then you unite everybody because you figure out the Star Heart is just a hunk of a bigger piece out there. 
and then you got a big old force coming to her. Yeah. It's every plot to everything ever. I mean, at that point, we've completely negated the idea of the legacy hero we started this conversation with. But we have a pretty cool idea for a... Yeah, it's pretty epic. Well, but then you have... I mean, if you if you can really establish it that well, mm-hmm. now we have ten legacy characters. You know, now you can have somebody who, let's say, this piece of the talisman. You know, maybe they react kind of like uh, what was that Jackie Chan, the animated Jackie Chan Adventures, where they're all different talismans. Maybe this talisman, this person has, not immortal but extended life. Yeah, <clears throat> he doesn't die of normal causes, so he's been the hero of India for 150 years. Mm-hmm. And then something happens and he dies. So now for the first time in 150 years, somebody new has to take up the talisman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you then you have people in America because we're stuck up rich and think we know everything and don't want to do anything longer than we have to, 20 years and they retire. And then it's, you know, it's just passed down. Or, you know, in Russia... Nobody knows about it. It's top secret. It's fucking underground. There's mm-hmm. no knowledge of a Russian superhero. And it's, you know, maybe that's KGB still exists or something. Yeah. So that, I mean, that in and of itself opens it up to so many legacy characters. But again, that's thinking big, thinking real big. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting to see how we morphed it from a feudal Japan to Pearl Harbor to all over the world. I kind of like where we've gone. I mean, yeah. You give me little things, I can get you there. But I'm going to... Hold on. you got to think like a writer. you got to slow down. <laughs> slow down. Sometimes you just got to brine that bird. <laughs> brine that Bird. I do like these pitch sessions though. These are fun little fucking creative thinker. Jog your mind. Think about a thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's I'm I like adding historical events. Oh yeah. No. To and giving it a twist. I, I like putting. I, I've always liked seeing things, especially like superhero books or whatever that that tie tie real world into it, kind of make it part of an alt history type of thing. Gotcha. So to try and not create a Green Lantern ripoff. Would we keep it green? Oh. Would you not wait? You Would said... you? I mean, ultimately what we did is I just took Green Lantern and uh-huh. we're like, yeah, let's yeah. just take it and then really change it. Yeah. So... I mean, the name like, of the character is the Jade Specter because the Starheart and Alan Scott or Alan Scott yeah. is all a big green rock yeah. and blah 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 blah. To change it to try to make it our own uh-huh. and different because I feel like we've come up with a pretty, maybe not unique idea, but an idea that I'm not currently reading about in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to change the color. Obviously, I'd probably have to change. Couldn't be a Chinese lantern, mm-hmm. unless I specifically got permission to make a feudal Japan Alan Scott comic book one shot. 
But I like the idea of a paper lantern, you know, because it just kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Or, or it different being, color. Um, it could be blue. It could be the teal Avenger. The teal Avenger. I guess the Avenger. I mean, since it's obviously something that is morphing, and I, I, I probably decided this myself in my head, it's morphing itself. Like, so it could change color yeah, at will? It would change. It's changing what it is. It's changing how it becomes you know it 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 when it's whole it can be what you need it to be i suppose like when you the reason that the sea people pick it up when they wipe out this great tribe in the center of africa is because it is specifically visually formatted for this sea culture to be like yes this will be this is a great weapon or this is a thing that will help us along our journey I seen this and it, it caught my eye and it it is our talent you know so see when you say things like the sea people picked it up i just i want to go back so far to look again back to the it being dropped in eden mm-hmm. and then it goes through those those transformations of the hammer and the different uh handles and uh you know maybe in its form, it was so powerful that that is what sunk Atlantis. We always come back to Atlantis. Well, you said sea people. I mean, Pearl <laughs> Harbor is just like a miniature Atlantis. So it's it's mini it's a mini Atlantis. This it's very very tiny. Mini, mini Where'd it go? Underwater. 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 Yeah. No, I mean, the idea that it's more of a uh, like. A thinking geological formation like it's a it's a thing from space it's a rock from space but it has its own thoughts and it's doing things and it, it can form like the thing would sort of it can kind of mold it's sentient how you but see it's it. not thinking it's adaptive adaptive it's it, it, and, it's, and like like a low sentience like it, it can register. I mean, I wouldn't want to call it. A, it it's hard for me to call something low sentience because, like, a tree's, like, a tree is pretty sentient, but it's not gonna get up and walk away from you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but trees, like, definitely feel pain. Trees, they just can't express it to you. Yeah. A tree wants what it wants. Yeah, and it usually wants cupcakes. <laughs> So yeah, it's more like a, it's more like, it's like a tree. It's a space tree, but it's a rock. Space lady. <laughs> lady it's from space. <laughs> it's a psychic rock. I forget we recorded space lady from earlier. Lady. I don't remember. That was an hour ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Uh, my mind is literally like I'm like oh we could do this and then we could do this and I'm like firing like all over the place so I'm trying to keep it reined into our original idea uh, yeah no and I'm trying to but also expand like I don't know I I'm really I'm talking I'm locked up into the idea of it being 
an object that was found at the beginning of time and it's passed culturally. Mm-hmm. So that's how it changes. And then I liked where we got to, you know, it landed in feudal Japan. Japan made the sword out of it. It went all the way in Japan until Pearl Harbor. Then that Japan's hero was a last-ditched effort, flung the sword, sword broke, flew all over the world. But... He needs to be killed by the sword. The sword kills him? Like the explosion or the sword like Maybe I don't know, it's just more this once he throws the sword, the sword no longer gives him his age defying capabilities. And then Either all the he... hundreds of he ages like seven hundred years in like, you know, a matter of seconds. He has to get shot minutes, down, so. and this is how I see it, just because I like the idea of a splash page once with this destroyed. guy who we don't know being killed by his own weapon, because it also you can build a mythology off of that where he, he gets shot down by Kuba Gooding with the anti aircraft gun. And he spins out, and there's like pieces falling off of the sword or off of his aura. Like there's just things shooting out into the atmosphere and all over. This strange, uh, crackling radiation that we can't describe, that we don't understand what it is, and it just starts to spread out. And when he lands, that's when you get your Ben Affleck character who finds him and finds this sword. And what the fuck is that thing? I don't know. Oh my god. And then Josh Hartnett gets killed by him. So Ben Affleck pick, picks up the sword knowing that oh my how is this thing still alive and he stabs him through the chest josh hartnett is his best friend who's there with him you have to have a reason you have to have meat for to die to inspire so josh hartnett or ben affleck actually kills jade specter yes with the sword with the sword and the overwhelming uh you know it's like it's crossing the streams you put the sword through the power source, it crosses the string. That's what actually breaks it all the way apart. That's how Ben Affleck walks away with it, with a piece of it. Okay. And then the CIA. It's got to be full in. explosion, though. That I mean, you can't... And then, you know, he just walks away with a piece of it. So you got... I mean, the hilt has to go, too. Yeah. Or I was thinking that it, it's in the hilt. Like, well, the piece that he takes with him is in the Oh, it's hilt. just a little sliver, and he kind of pulls it out and does mm-hmm. whatever? Okay. And get a good, like, I'm thinking like a big green uh, spirit bomb-style explosion, like, fills the entire page and every panel with this expanding light, uh, sort of like you would see in Dragon Ball Z. Well, make it even worse, and the it's a failed attempt on Pearl Harbor. He gets shot down. He crashes. Kills Josh Hartnett. Ben Affleck then takes the sword, stabs Jade Specter, and kills him, causing the explosion, which wrecks Pearl Harbor, turning Affleck into the hero for penance because he just wiped out all of his peoples. I was going to say Ben Affleck is blown far, far away from Pearl Harbor. Amnesia's wakes up with this thing. And that's why he would become the superhero, because the thing is is urging him to. He has no memory of who he was before the thing, before the rock started talking to him. 
So then that would be why his like that would be why he passes it down is because his entire identity comes wrapped into this thing. He would have been a war hero who died uh on Japan fighting to take the islands, but instead he's blown here, gets amnesia, becomes a superhero, street level superhero, has kids, passes this thing down. sounds like the story of america <laughs> see and that's my thing i'm still trying to get to the part where there's the like the story that we want to tell <laughs> yeah right we're still like, origining <laughs> all we have is you know who 10 characters are <laughs> we have a pretty solid idea on a dead hero in the first four pages <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's basically where we're at. All right, we've got this awesome guy, right? So no, I, I'm instinctively thinking commissions, and now I want I want a splash page of just different people, different cultures encountering the rock. Like you know, one like a centurion is leading his battalion into battle, and he's just holding up a Roman whatever yeah. their sword is, and it's just yeah. that meteor. Yeah. Or, you know, it is, it pans over to the Norse people and they're, you know, forging it into a hammer. And it's just a bunch of different people assembling it into different things. That would be cool. You'd like a, like a light purple obsidian with a blue glow, like a midnight purple. Yeah. Like a black, like a black fire. But with that, but the purple instead of the gray. I guess. What the fuck's black fire? <laughs> it's fire, but it's, it's black. Bad. It's I, I, mean, I, I mean, that part I agree. But where's the gray <laughs> come in? It's the white. Instead well, of it being hot. There's like charcoal black, which is kind of your gray black. You have metallic black. You have high gloss black. Uh, I need this to be transparent. Gloss. Yeah, a little bit transparent. Yeah, there's all sorts of uh, black fires. Fight <laughs> crimes. <laughs> well we're running out of time for this episode did anybody learn anything today um I learned that uh doodles take you places yeah yeah, doodles take us places and sometimes you just gotta brine that bird that's where I'm at what do we gotta do brine that bird Good night, everyone Sick of all you sycophants, ignorance and miscreants, simpletons and little ants, trying to split their sentience, people peddle pestilence land, pipe on their settlements, and I don't think it was even food for it, it was excrement, get your head in it, second wind represent white shit, kid I never stepped in it, I reckon it's older than the New Testament, <laughs> edit it shit, it's better to drink water for the lead in it, <laughs> Donald Trump for president. Donald Trump for president. Fuck your feelings, bitches grabbing pussies like a gentleman. Don't commit the rape if you ain't got the cash settlement. Bombs for your medicine. Bombs for your brethren. Arms for your arms for your arms for your regiment. Uh, repetitive sedatives like every veteran. Uh, never remembering. Uh,
Ever degenerate. Instead of forgetting and letting them into the setting like sediment, I'm that part. Mix it up with six guy rage against machine. Bit of J Rock, K Switch it up, gangsta. Getting on my stage props. Still up with the beats and catch me singing like I'm Akon. Mama call me Yeshua, running out of time with a Harry Potter head scar. I ain't got a desk job, you ain't seen the best part. Saying, Mama, I can stop a bullet with no Kevlar. That's for all your rug rat reptiles. That's for all your dumb hat head parts. Yeah, that's for all your gum smack, mud flaps, scuzz back, unwrapped sex bars. Tommy Laren, catch a big fat did it. CIA watch this, that did it. And that's a wrap on the first season of Between the Profound and the Profane. Uh, I'd like to say a big thanks to my co-hosts, Chris and Ian. Uh, thanks for being here for the past few months uh, and building this whole thing with me. I want to say thank to, thank you to uh, our manager, the manager, uh, Silent, never actually named. Thank you so much for putting up with our mess in your spare bedroom. Uh, I would also like to give a big thanks to... Uh, listeners out there uh if you are out there listening thank you so much for giving us the time uh at all uh in these past few months uh if you're a new friend uh, if you just found us uh do yourself a favor do us a favor and uh, go back and listen to a couple of other episodes from the first season uh give us a subscribe on itunes give us a rating on itunes uh download it uh share it with your friends uh put it up on the web, wherever the fuck you want to, like, push it, put us out there, let people listen to us, if you had fun here, pass it around, um, and definitely come back here to thebonushours.com slash between the profound, the profane, um, and on iTunes every Monday throughout 2018 to get season uh, we're going to be doing a bit more throughout 2018 taking more onto our plate we're going to put on some new hats and there might be some pie throwing involved we'll see um, thanks for checking us out uh, rate subscribe on iTunes uh, pass us around on your favorite podcatcher thank you so much for listening and I'll see you throughout 2018《As promised, here's a quick preview of the Wide Angle Vault podcast.》It's a range of emotions that I f- should feel just very ashamed about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, nonetheless. Right, right. But anyway, I mean, like, this movie epitomizes, like, early 90s like action cop stuff. I mean, it's it's about a guy who's You wouldn't call this a buddy cop movie, would you? Uh no, no. I would definitely not call this a buddy cop movie. Because it's it, it was I mean, he's UC got a buddy that's a cop. more of a side character yeah, than he, a upfront It's to... like an undercover cop movie in my opinion. Well, I mean, that's that's what it is. Oh my god, can we even call it that? I don't even want to yeah, talk about but, it. It's like a 
I threw a sheet over my head, undercover cop. Yeah. But I mean, as a it's... kid, and then called yourself a ghost. Look, you can't see me. Yeah. All right. So that's about as undercover as it was. Right. First right. off. But I mean, you got to take into effect. I mean, Don't he's you coming tell me from ninety-one. One more time. No, no I'm just no, kidding. No, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's about an ex, like Ohio State, like quarterback star, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, I think he blew his knee out or something in school, and so he went on to become a cop. <clears throat> and his first big break is with uh, old Gary Nolte. Um, we get those confused a lot. I mean, it was. I, I, you mean Nick Busey? Nick Busey. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that gets Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. Oh, no, everybody. Knows. I would everybody love to say. I wonder if they've ever done a movie together and their level of crazy has just been so rampant. No, that, the the, that, that no would cause the end do. of the world. <laughs> we would be sucked into it. Or a, it would uh, heal uh, everything. We'd be, uh, it could heal in it everything. It could heal everything. Bringing two great powers together like right. that. But, I mean, he goes, he's. He, these. They don't know it's surfers that are committing these crimes dressed as some of our ex-presidents. Well, that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Dead presidents. Right? Ex-presidents. 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 And they're, you know, you know, you've got Reagan, Nixon, Johnson, and Carter. And they're just going around robbing banks. And so... Is there two Johnsons? Was that Lyndon B.? I, why you, I we got to go on a history I'm just thing? Curious. Right I don't know. It was, it was Lyndon B. Johnson. It was LBJ. Okay. It was Nixon. It was Carter, and it was uh, Reagan. Yeah, I just don't know if there's another Johnson president. I don't think so. Just like there's two Adams. We got a John Quincy Adams. <laughs> Whatever. That's besides the point. Yeah. But continue. Yeah. Sorry. But continue. Sorry. It happens. It happens. Uh, but I mean, it's basically his infiltration of that, trying to find out who uh, these people are, and the it's Fast and the Furious. It's Fast and Furious. Um, it is the Fast and Furious, basically, mm, without cars. It's on surfboards? Before it. It's like, Fast and Furious is like, I saw this movie Point Break once. Let's write a movie. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. But it's great. I mean, it, it's it's good. The cinematography is great. I mean, it's just the way it looks is very pretty for 91. Said it again. But yeah, the cast alone just worked for this story. Like, the people they cast were, I don't think you could have, I mean, they, there was a remake in, what, 2015? It just mm-hmm. it wasn't. <sighs> I had never saw it. It's good. That's good. That's good. Eh. Uh, we won't talk about that. They probably changed it from surfboards to boogie boards. No, or... it's surfers still. But but this, that's right, another I mean, thing. I didn't is, boogie boards. I meant, it like, wasn't, ATVs. It wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily these guys were surfers. They were just chasing that yeah, rush. Adrenaline. That rush and... Not being able to really get it, so they were like, "Let's rob banks and travel the world, and skydive and surf with Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty. She's so majestic and Swayze. She's so majestic, sexy Swayze. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what it is. It's it's a undercover FBI movie that is. Uh, Fantastic from 1991. Said it again. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, it's... all right. And on that note, 491. This was, like I said, not my first time viewing this movie, but first time as an adult viewing this movie. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. This movie was fantastic. This movie was really, 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 really great, in my opinion. Um, it was action heavy it had good acting it had great pacing there was good not only like 
fight scenes, but uh, dramatic chase scenes. The scene where they're uh, where Utah is chasing uh, Bodhi through the house. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. that whole network. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. The cast alone, like just the cast, the 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 cast of the people in this movie, not the main character. So, Ian, Ian, yeah, tell me about Point Break. Point Break. Man, all right, so Point Break. I haven't actually watched this movie. I actually just seen the last 15 minutes of it when I came over here, but like I'm pretty sure I know how they got there. So Keanu Reeves is like, uh, I forget his name. Uh, it might be Point. And he, uh, <laughs> it's basically a movie about a guy. He's, a, he's from Idaho. He got a surfboard for his eighth birthday and he's been staring at it ever since. So he decides he's gonna hit the big city and become an FBI agent in, I imagine, Long Beach. Uh, there, well, like, be af shortly after becoming an FBI agent who surfs all the time, he meets this like evil Sumatran coffee pirate, and like uh, the guy, I think it's Patrick Stewart, but he's got like this crazy hair. And he uh, ends up chasing <laughs> down this guy. It's his first big, it's his first and biggest case ever. So, like, he ends up surfing his way to Sumatra. Uh, then they become friends for a little while. And they go to, like, Jamaica and Mexico. And uh, I, I remember somebody saying something about there's a lot of travel points. Uh, that, that <laughs> lots of travel airline points. Yeah, lots of airline miles, you know. He was just racking them up. And uh, eventually... Uh, Keanu Reeves, after befriending him, they decide to go parachuting together, and then uh, everything goes wrong. And uh, I don't know, Keanu Reeves seems to be trying to like shoot this lady in a white dress from the sky, and the other guy just seems concerned about not opening up his parachute in time, which I thought was really weird. Um, <laughs> after that, um, they break each other's legs. <laughs> And then uh, it shows them after much hair has grown on Keanu, but none on Patrick Stewart. Uh, he, they, uh, Keanu uh, decides he, I think he's given up on the case, but then he goes to stop this 50-year storm. There's this 50-year storm coming to attack this rogue island. Um, it could be Hawaii, it's implied, but I don't know. Uh, so anyways, he goes to stop this storm. And that's where he sees Patrick Stewart just out there in the water. And so he decides he has to arrest him. But then at the last moment before, like, he brings him in, he says, no, take my board, amigo. And he hands him the board and he surfs his way. You would assume to freedom, but it's really just death, unless that's the analogy of this whole movie. The circle of life. Death is coming for you. Death is, <laughs> death is coming for you guys. And that has been Ian's Flames huh? Point Break. Why would we even watch this movie? I mean, as I said, uh, this was the first action movie that I personally saw, thus the first real action movie that I ever made a connection to. Uh, this is the prototype for 90s action from here going. Uh, without this movie, not only do you not have Keanu Reeves as uh, Neo in The Matrix at the end of the 90s, you don't have Bad Boys by Michael Bay. You don't have Bad Boys 2. You don't have these 
90s action staples that we have come to know and love. And we're bigger, more bombastic, and more blown out than Point Break was. Um, but I personally don't believe actually achieved the cultural phenomenon status that Point Break did. Bad Boys is a great movie. Bad Boys is a fantastic action movie, but Bad Boys did not change the landscape of what action films was the way that Point Break did, and that is why we have to uh, study it and look at it and decide whether or not it belongs in the vault.